0: What up people? Welcome to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. This is your host, Max McCoy, and just a little preface what this podcast is about. It's about us learning together. It's about us bringing on some of the top performers or the top experts in the world and asking them, you know, how we can improve our games, but more importantly how we can improve our lives because I'm trying to bridge the gap between what makes a a hooper healthy and what makes a human healthy. So In life, man, some of the things that make us better at basketball usually make us better at life and and vice versa. The things that improve our lives carry on into the court. So this podcast is all about how we can improve our lives, how we can improve our games and become those well-rounded hoopers and, and humans that are just poised to perform better in all aspects. So I hope you take away things that you can apply immediately. And, uh, you know, applied knowledge is really the key here. Like take some shit from this podcast, even if it's one tiny little nugget and try to apply it to your life. And, uh, there's no measuring the ripple effects that one small change can have on your life. So I hope I'm bringing you value in this uh, podcast. I'm having a blast talking to some of these awesome people and, and hope you guys enjoy. So, uh, welcome to the mind, body hoops podcast. Today I'm joined by Christian Placencia. Christian is a durability coach, head durability coach at Onnit Academy in Austin, Texas. He is a strength coach. He's a movement coach. He's a fascia specialist. He helps people with injury prevention and how to properly get in tune with their bodies to cool down. He helps people with breath work. Man, I can't even encapsulate this guy. He is a wide ranging specialist. He's a true pro. In my eyes, he's kind of like a new age, um, physical therapist. So he helps people with the most cutting edge ways to get their bodies to perform the way they want to. He really breaks it down for you and shows you, uh, and talks about the way he helps athletes, you know, feel better in their body and, and then just feel better in their sport. And he, he does so in a practical way. I had an awesome conversation with him. We talk about a lot of things. Like I could nerd out on this stuff with Christian. I could have talked to him for hours, um, and I, I think this will be one of those podcasts I have to bring them back, man, because we talk about so many things, and each thing we talk about, we could probably have a full podcast on. So we tried our best to keep it relatively broad, but also actionable so that you can apply some of this stuff right away. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did with a, a true pro and a basketball lover. We have similar missions here, and it was, a, it was a real honor to talk to someone like Christian. So I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with uh, movement specialist Christian Placencia. Man, thank you for hopping on the podcast. You are a fascia stretch therapist. You are a durability coach. I don't know really know how to put you in a box, but man, we it seems like you're doing a lot of epic things in terms of the body for people and the mind. So had a lot of common interests like we were just saying. And it's uh thanks for hopping on the podcast, man.
1: Yeah, totally, brother. Appreciate you, Max. I mean, even though, you know, we're uh, completely separated. You know, I'm in Texas. I believe you're in California, correct? Yeah,
0: Southern California,
1: yep. Southern California, one of the best areas in the whole wild world. <laughs> That's my nice opinion because I am from California. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on here, brother. Yeah, it's
0: cool to connect. So for people like me that kind of have trouble with uh, the way you put like durability coach fascia stretch for a lot of people that's like something that we're not familiar with and that's not a familiar role or something that people hear often so uh, maybe take us through the the very basics of of what you do man
1: yeah definitely so um, at least from like a day-to-day basis you know I work at the the honored academy gym uh, which is out here in Austin Texas and I'll work with you know five now five classes now a week which is basically kind of like a your boot camp style of, of, of teaching classes. So the majority of my classes will be like body weight, um, not too many tools. I mean, I got one class where we will incorporate, you know, some of the unconventional tools and methods that on it has to offer. So like the steel mace and the steel club. And, and obviously I'm pretty sure everyone knows about kettlebells and medicine balls, and battle ropes and all that deal. Um, But the the majority of my time outside of that is really spent either with professional or collegiate athletes, as well as general population clients whose goals are a little bit more on the longevity side rather than the performance side. Mm. Um, You know, for for example, you know, even though, you know, we have the combine and the pro day guys, the uh, collegiate football guys right now, that have been at on it for probably like the last seven months now kind of gearing up for their pro days. Um, You know, they'll be with me every single day before a workout, after a workout. And then on Wednesday and Saturdays, they're just solely with me. And the whole purpose is to basically see, you know, and optimize like the movements of their joints You know, and then also, you know, understanding what each one of them has to do on the field from a position standpoint, you know, understanding which movement patterns, you know, they don't spend enough time in and kind of just, you know, patterning that throughout their day or, or, you know, throughout their period, really, that they're out here in Austin kind of training um, so that when they do go back onto the field, you know, they feel one a lot more comfortable just moving in general as just a a human being, regardless, irregardless of any position they're playing, they want to feel fluid. We want to feel mobile, but at the same time, still feeling explosive, you know, depending on what position and of course, what sport they're playing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess I know I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but for the most part, I would say I really try to help people optimize their, their movement, you know, and more importantly optimize the way that they're actually feeling when they're going into their, you know, physical endeavors.
0: Yeah. It seems like what you do is definitely like super applicable and everything, every movement that I see you doing, I'm like, okay, I can see an athlete actually doing that. And I even downloaded like a free training guide. And it seems like a lot of what you do is, is trying to tell the athletes and the people like get in more in tune with your body and do movements that you'll actually do. But you did talk about like a movement pattern. And for me, that's not something that clicks right away, you know, like, so maybe take me through for an athlete for football, basketball, whatever it may be, what is kind of a movement pattern that you're identifying and how you put people through that? Like, what, what does that necessarily look like?
1: yeah yeah definitely so you know for example so you know obviously one of my biggest passions is basketball right that's that's the sport that i played kind of growing up yeah Um, it's also the sport now out here in austin that one isn't as big as it was in california because obviously football is king out here in texas um but but you know we got to change that we got to change that (laughs) exactly and you know what believe it or not it's happening it's surely but slowly it's it's happening all right yeah um but but yeah being able to take like an athlete and You know, regardless, you know, football, basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter. Each individual should be able to move to a certain standard that a human should be able to move in. So, you know, like a squat, right? We all, you know, back squat, front squat, kettlebell squat, whatever type of squat. There's so many different ways and modalities that you can kind of take people through squats. Um, Same thing through like a hinge, right? Or like what some people would consider like a deadlift. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's a very, very, you know, those two patterns already are already patterns where athletes are coming in. They're not necessarily, what's the best way to put it? They haven't been coached, I guess, right? Like people will tell them, Hey, do these sets, do these reps, do it at this weight, change the weight over time, which is very important, but very, very, or very few, very few athletes come in understanding, you know, how to move, And, and when they feel something, so for example, you know, guys will come on in, we'll have them kind of just, we'll screen them and we'll assess them. And we'll just kind of see how are they squatting, you know, without any cueing. And you can kind of just see, again, they just a lack of education, but also the, the amount of body awareness that they have. Right. And and again, you would think it's something so simple, you know, a body weight squat. and, And some of these athletes are able to get on the field you know, and run four, fours and four, five forties. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And they're able to, you know, or for like a lineman, for example, you know, his, his whole position is damn near spent like in a squat position. So you would expect, okay, these guys are coming in. They have to be at the top of the line. They have to be, you know, they have to be the best movers in the whole wide world. As a matter of fact, you know, Again, something as simple as just a push pattern, like a push-up or like a pull-up or, again, like a squat or a hinge. Those are going to be like the first four big movement patterns that I'll kind of take my athletes through just to kind of see, again, like what has their body been put through in the past, you know, and what are some areas that maybe might be lacking. And to be honest, it's it's not necessarily that they – don't have the ability to squat or push or pull or hinge in a, I'm going to say optimal pattern. Um, It's just, again, they've never really been coached through it. So then their body just isn't as aware that they could move certain areas in their body. Hmm.
0: Yeah. It's definitely moving away from that, like that focus and specialized type of training that I feel like a lot of us did, like, especially even me playing basketball and like growing up thinking like, this is the only way to work out. So I'd almost like train for basketball as if I was like a bodybuilder, you know? And I see kids doing that even now. And they're like, hey, how do I get this bigger? I'm trying to get stronger. And they're like, oh, I'm in the gym doing this, like chest, back day, whatever. Right. And it's so focused on these like small movements and these these tiny little muscles in our body. But what I like about what you're doing, is it seems like, yeah, you're treating the whole athlete and you're, you're getting people connected with their, their whole body again. And so what do you think? Like maybe to expand on that, what do you think the current state of like a, an average athlete is training his body like? And then how do yeah. you see it going or where do you hope to see it going? Like paint us maybe a picture of a before and after of like the current state of the union of like training.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. And and obviously this is just kind of from my sample of totally. right, uh, athletes totally. I've been able to kind of to work with and utilize out here in Austin.
0: Yeah, But I mean, what you guys are doing is is so unique, first of all, we could preface by that. And like, it's so unique, Mm -hmm. but and it's so almost like progressive. So your ideas, they're progressive. And like, we we should maybe preface by saying that, you know, but they're, they're so like intuitive. I love that you said that Mm -hmm. intuitive movements in touch with movements. So
1: Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: take us through how you would do it.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, you know, the, the principle, I think the underlying principle is again, you just harped on it right now is just an awareness that our body is able to move in a plethora, right, or, or a variable movement pattern. So if you were only able to, and this is kind of what I'm seeing these days as athletes kind of come in from a principle standpoint, if you're only able, right, to skin a cat one way, right, or if you're only able to squat in one way, in one way only, you don't give yourself a kind of a buffer zone. I guess if I want to kind of put it that way. So, for example, you know, if your body is only able to uh, do one exercise pattern a specific way and anything outside of, outside of that, your body's not comfortable with, it's never been exposed to, more times than not, that's where injury will occur. So what I kind of see with, with, with kids and, and even with my you know pro guys that are overseas, just a lack of movement variability. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, again, their bodies only have, have only known like one style. They've only known, you know, one coaching methodology or, or, or yeah, I guess that's the kind of or the one technique on how to get this done rather than educating the individual that, hey, you need to kind of take a little bit more ownership of your body. It's not ne- just necessarily let me show up, let me get the reps and sets done and then I'm done for the day but rather it's it's like you said, it's an intuitive process of what is, how is my body moving? Why is it moving that way? And what are some ways or what are some things that may be kind of red flags going forward if I don't kind of put a change or a stop to that right now? So I guess, yeah, just to kind of to give you the the short consensus of of the state of the union, I guess, yeah. what kids are kind of looking like today. It's like they, their bodies only own maybe 10% of like the movement spectrum. Yeah. If that kind of makes sense. You do, you know think, what
0: I mean? do you think that has to do with, I was just thinking about this the other day and it seems like kids like at a younger age or even like, you know, high school, college, they're specializing in their specific sports so early and maybe, you know, like where before people would be playing multiple sports at different times and they'd be exposed to these different types of movement patterns. Like for me, I played baseball, soccer, basketball. I didn't like specialize in basketball until like middle, late middle school. And so I contribute a lot of my ability to like turn on a dime and stop and move my hips to like soccer. And I think what you just said kind of sparked that in me. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like maybe a lineman or a football player is doing these short, you know, short movements over and over and their bodies just conditioned to kind of be stuck in these movement patterns. So it sounds like you're kind of helping break that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny that you say that too, because, you know, I have I have these whiteboards in my room. They're like my secret whiteboards. And I kind of have like all my, I'm sure you probably have something similar, like notebooks and, and whatnot, but it's just like all my ideas and all the principles and all the, the yeah. kind of, yeah, I guess that's the best way to put it. All the underlying principles of what I see in today's uh, in today's you know young athletes and how I can kind of you know help to change that and one of the biggest things on there is just the early specialization of sport for mm. for certain kids and I've been seeing that firsthand out here man there's you got football players out here that are like I didn't even know six and seven year old kids could play football yeah. like I didn't even know that that was a thing you know what I mean I didn't know that kids could be playing on a I'm not gonna call it a travel team but I guess like a club football team you know, and they're like eight years old, and they're doing this all year round. And so it's just so interesting to me to see that, okay, if you've been only exposed, and of course, when you're playing football, and I'm, I'm picking on football, but it could really be anything else, it could be baseball, it could be basketball, it could be soccer. If you're playing this one sport, and then you're playing that one position, right, your body get super, super used to that one or, you know, this, this plethora of movement patterns that then become like your foundation of movement. So then, like you said, when you go and try to do something else, like, let's say you're a basketball guy, and you try to go play baseball, those movement patterns, you don't feel like as coordinated out there, there's certain things that your body just feels very foreign to, And I think exactly to what you said, I mean, if you don't expose your body to certain movement patterns, right, if you're not exposing your body to these, the variable amounts of patterns that are kind of out in today's world that kind of, you know, different sports will necessitate you to kind of pull out, right, or they'll they'll make you basically form these, these movement patterns that kind of sets you up not only for a lack of education and just movement in general and then also kind of limits you and being able to, you know, go play another sport and feel like you're moving successfully, but also kind of sets you up for injury. Right. And that's and that's kind of a, a big deal because obviously, you know, the the best what gosh, John, I'm probably gonna chop it up here, but what what does they say? The best, the best availability is or the best, basically, if you're, if you're hurt, that's not going to be a good deal. <laughs> yeah, if you're hurt, I mean, you're you're kind of at a lost cause for for your team, you know, for your coaches, you know, for yourself. You know what I mean? The psychology that that kind of plays into it, getting hurt. Um, yeah. so yeah, man, it's just it's just interesting to see that again. Like I get it, right? We want to be as good as we can. We want yeah. to be great. It's, our sport want to be great in our position but there's a there's a point of diminishing return for sure
0: i love that diminishing return i love uh i mean it's crazy because parents are trying i get their intentions they're trying to invest in their kid and like by saying like okay at age eight we're going to put him in the best team ever he's going to get elite at like eight years old he's going to be specialized and by the time you know he's 20 he's going to be heaps and bounds above people but it's super counterintuitive. And even like as we grow older, we can adopt these different movement patterns. It sounds like to kind of like shock our body and get it different because within our sport, there's going to be those random times where we do a movement where we have to react or respond in a way that's kind of weird. That's something that goes beyond our training. And it seems like what you do, and then things like playing other sports and doing other active things to get our body more in tune, keeps it so we don't get injured. And I love that you do a lot of preventative. So you're not just treating, you know, an injured athlete. You're like, you're doing things that will make sure that they maybe don't get injured, which is totally, totally. And insane. so you touch some, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Before I, yeah. no, I, I would, I would pivot with the next conference. So.
1: No, no, you're good. I just, I, I just wanted to kind of add to your point there. It's like, I'm trying to help them a hundred percent, trying to help them, you know, get exposed in the gym to, you know, different or what they would call weird movement patterns or foreign movement patterns yeah. for exactly like that point. It's like, our bodies get hurt, right? I mean, look at uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo, right? When he kind of went down with like that that non contact injury this year, and and there's plenty of athletes. I'm just that's just the one that kind of comes to mind. It's like, granted. You know, how many of us are gonna be running or, or wanna train running, you know, with our knee like in what we would call like a valgus position to where like your knee is like kind of buckling in relative to like your ankle and your hip, right? And and there's certain things like in sport where you just can't, there's nothing you could do about it, right? But you do, you definitely do heighten the chances of injury when you only kind of stay on this thin line of movements, right? Yeah. And if we kind of start to open that up slowly but surely you know when your body does get put into those positions it's not your body getting into those weird positions that get you hurt it's your body's response to it mm-hmm. right so when your nervous system is put into like a weird position right and and it's in a, a position it's never been in before it's reflex right the reflex that we have in our body is to then just tighten our muscles and tighten our joints Irregardless if we've never been there, if we never produce force there.
0: It's a, a protection of, mechanism, right? It's a
1: protection mechanism, man. That's all it is. So it's like, and that's why I'm so big with breath as well within our movements because it's one thing to be in a movement pattern that's new, right? And it's like, oh, man, this is challenging. Like, they're sweating, they're breathing heavily. But that's that's that's, a, that's almost like half the battle. Like your nervous system, I almost treat it, the nervous system as like a separate entity. Like your body, your physical body is one thing. But the whole breath, being able to tie in your breath in specific movement patterns and show your nervous system that, hey, I'm communicating with you right now that I am slowing my breath, that things are calm, that I am okay, and then I own this position, then to your body and to your nervous system, it's like, okay. If you get put in this position in the game now – I think we feel okay. I think we feel comfortable to not have to reflex, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's why I've always been such an advocate of yoga. It's like, it puts, especially me, it puts me in these movements that I'm like, well, I would never do this otherwise. And then through time and through that weird stress and, but in a controlled environment, I like immediately notice improvements in my performance or um, where things on the court might've hurt me before, like doing consistent yoga has helped. And so when I've discovered like people like you, it's, it's almost like an integration of yoga and powerlifting and explosive. It's like combining so many worlds. So it's such a cool area, but you did yeah. talk about breath work. So I won't, I have to talk about that, man. So within the next, like within the past two weeks, my mind has like slowly been blown. It's like, I came across you on a, a couple different various forms. And one of the things you would talk heavily about is breath work. And for me, it's like something intuitively I've always wondered about because I've always felt like my breathing wasn't optimal. And I used to suffer from muscle cramps, like Really bad, and I I would be one of the people that would do all the research, and I would put potassium in my body, and I would be drinking drinking so much water and the pediolites and I would be foam rolling, and but no matter what, you know, in my high school career, around the fourth quarter, I'd get these crazy muscle cramps, and like as I've gotten older, and then when I came across you, I'm like, holy crap! It was probably the way I was breathing. I probably wasn't breathing right, and so my whole world has been like blown in the last two weeks, and I'm like trying to slowly rebuild my respiratory system through different breathing patterns. And it's all started from like a message that you said that literally has never been taught to me, man. Like, this is a, like, no one's talking about this and it it pisses me off. (laughs) So in your words, take, take me through like the importance of breath work, how you like, let's just start, start the conversation and I'm going to have many follow up questions from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay, cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a big task.
1: It's a big task, but but
0: it started with the oxygen advantage. So you, 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 you said, how you integrate uh, like oxygen in your workouts, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then you you pointed to the book, the Oxygen Advantage, and that thing's blowing my yeah. mind. So, so how do you uh, how do you come across like this? How important you know the way Breathing. we breathe is on performance.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, so I would say I was, uh, you know, first I wouldn't say formally, but it was definitely introduced to me when I started, you know, being introduced to like the on it. I'm going to call it the Onnit training style. I guess that's the kind of the way that people like to term it. But basically when I met John Wolf, who was the chief of fitness at Onnit right now, who is also from my hometown in Salinas, California, um, he was the first one to kind of show me, you know, how to work with the, like, these styles of kettlebells and these styles of steel clubs and steel maces. Um, and then their training staff there over there at, at his old gym out in, in Salinas, California they used to teach us all the time on, you know, just every time we're doing like these work, cause the workouts were nasty. Like I'm talking endurance, like hard style endurance. And obviously for them, it was nothing, but for me, it was challenging. Like they realized how much more taxing it was. And so they would always cue me to breathe. They'd say, Hey, just, just keep breathing. Just keep breathing. And again, that for me in itself, right? Like not even any crazy cues, just, Hey, just breathe when you move. Like that was already so freaking tough for me, dude, because I came from a background of I got this weight on my back. I got this weight that I'm trying to bench press. And for me like holding my breath while I worked out was something that I did like pretty consistently. Mm. And it was so funny. I'm sure you can probably fall into this category too, like getting lightheaded, right? Like after yeah. like a lift or like getting 15 reps on the back squat and you're like, "Oh, crap." Like that. Yeah. Right after- it was just a part of just like getting it done, A to B no matter how you had to do it. Exactly. The the very much the the brute like you know, uh, approach to training, which is necessary sometimes. But, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of like my, that was kind of like my first intro was just, Hey, breathe. And I started to realize, damn, like I, and I, to be honest, I'm going to say, I was just focusing on my exhales. That's really like all that they kind of cued me on. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, Hey, anytime I was moving every little, you know, if it was a kettlebell swing, if it was a kettlebell press, I was just finding spots where it kind of felt comfortable and it felt right for my body to just exhale. But then I got introduced to, uh, gosh, darn it. Gosh, darn it. What was the podcast? Oh, Ben Greenfield, Ben Greenfield's podcast. He bought, he basically talks about everything. He's like the, the human gosh, darn it. He's got like a, a self self-raised term that he kind of gives himself. It's like, he's, Everything for human optimization from nutrition to, hey, wear this laser across like your eyes for like two minutes and it increased the amount of like serotonin that you produce at night. Like he just has all the little like bio neuro hacks that he kind of speaks about. And Mm -hmm. one of them was breathing. And I remember it was Patrick McCown um, who had talked, who was the author of Oxygen Advantage. He had come on his show and they did like a 45 minute segment. And I was just so blown away because for me, like I'm a, I'm very much a, like, I love to see science and research backing behind what someone is talking about, right? Like there is a lot, a lot of benefits and just the anecdotal or anecdotal. Um, uh, approach to things in terms of hey, there's not a lot of research on this. This is just something I've been experimenting, you know, with my with my athletes or my clients, and it just seems to work. I know that there's nothing out there that says that this, you know, set in stone is a science fact, but there's something to be said about it. Um, and so, with that, he had brought in a lot of science and research behind a lot of the breathing stuff that he was doing that sounded very weird and very foreign to me. And of course, like a week later, Wim Hof comes into Onnit and he has a whole breathing uh, breathing section or breathing session and an ice session um, for all the clients at Onnit, for every single one of the, I'm sorry, clients, all the employees of Onnit. Wow. Uh, that was, and it, it was like perfect timing, dude. Like Patrick McCown just came in. He talks, talking about all this benefits of breathing and about how, you know, using your nose and, and how your diaphragm and your nose and the vagus nerve and being able to just, you know, calm the nervous system and being able to just switch from parasympathetic to sympathetic and back and forth. And then, boom, Wim Hof comes in and just drops like the hugest, like the huge, like the biggest knowledge bomb of my life, which was simply like the experience of like taking us through the holotropic breathing. Right. So that's very much like sympathetic, like let's get your body hyper oxygenated, um, to damn near, you know, some people then take that into, you know, hallucination and, and kind of going on, you know, spiritual trips. That's like kind of way down the spectrum of the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but that's obviously one place that you can take breath if you wanted to. So it was kind of like, okay, Patrick McCown's talking about, you know, parasympathetic, getting our high strung, you know, a uh, culture and society into more of a relaxed state. And then we got Wim Hof over here on the other end of the spectrum Who's like, yo, and and, and not one of them, you know, what each one was saying is not right or wrong. It's just, you know, different context and a different perspective. Uh But got Wim Hof over here with the hyperoxygenation and he's like literally getting this high on our own supply. (laughs) And it's just like at that point, it kind of just hit me. I was like, dude, how my body and how my thoughts and how my emotions and how my hunger and how my training feels so much different when I start to incorporate these things outside of my, you know, outside of my norm or outside of my training realm, like this is insane. Like there's, there's got, there's got to be more to this. And so that then, you know, obviously led me into, you know, actually reading, you know, oxygen advantage. And then that led, you know, into me slowly, but surely experimenting, you know, with my classes, with my individual clients, you know, then that led me into going to like the art of breath. Uh, Art of Breath, who I believe it's put on by, gosh darn it, he's out. Of, he's he's <laughs> up, out of like L.A. I want to say it's it's a guy who also has XPT, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank, but anyways, there's again all these just different modalities, but the, the the guys were all saying the same thing, which is simply our breath is the most simple thing that we can modify and change that will bring you know, a positive impact and a positive change into almost anybody's life, yeah. right? And so, and that and that in itself, that, that to this day just resonates with me. It's like, hey, you don't need a kettlebell, right? You don't need to go buy a program. You don't need to go and, you know, get a gym membership. Simply just lay down or sit down or find some space, you know, learn or, you know, play with your breath, learn how you can manipulate certain things of how you're breathing, and how much of a, a positive change and impact will take place is absolutely amazing. And that's not even going into like the, you know, the the biochemical changes that are happening in your body, you know, the, the your body, your body and blood then becoming more alkaline when we can start to begin, you know, breathing more through the nose and using our mouth and, and, and instead of using our mouth to breathe and you know, how our, and how our, how our like, palate changes when we start to use our nose rather than our mouth to breathe and how it can affect allergies. And dude, like the list just goes.
0: The list on. is like, insane. And for me, it was the same deal where everything came together at the perfect time for me. I was like, I get, I had, I like understood it on a, you know, a subconscious level. I'm sure that, you know, breathing good, breathing good, <laughs> but like the way we breathe and how it's so important. And for me, it was like, when doing yoga, I realized, or doing a deep stretch, I realized, oh, wow, if I do like certain type of breath, I'm sending oxygen almost to that muscle, it felt like in my head. And I felt like, oh, okay, I can feel that loosening up. So like, like you, when you were working out and they were were telling you, breathe, breathe, breathe. Now, when I saw someone stretching, I was helping someone stretch with a new pose or something, I'd be like, hey, make sure you breathe and and like, you know, release that muscle. And then to hear what you said, it like, just things started clicking at the perfect time. And it all came down together. But it came to the point where I was like, holy shit, like I didn't realize how much I breathe through my mouth, especially when sleeping. Like it was one of those things, like when I was a baby, I guess I had sleep apnea. And so it's this whole thing where breathing, even just through our nose, isn't the same as breathing through our mouth. And I was like, why isn't this talked about? Why isn't this common knowledge? Like, why didn't I, my parents know about this when I was like a, a preteen. And that's why I'm so like passionate about this type of medium of information is like, we're giving, you know, youth to adult athletes inf- that access to information that when I heard it, I was like, holy shit. And it's, it's similar to you, you know, you're getting it from all directions, but I'm sure you were in the same boat of like, why wasn't this more commonly talked about? But
1: yeah, 100%, one thing well,
0: I want to, I, I want to ask from the point of view of like, you know, your client, you're working with a client and we're working out how, and I've never heard of, you know, this whole oxygen thing about, yep. and I'm sure you have to keep it relatively concise because you know, you're in the training environment. How would you, Be like, hey, Max, start to incorporate this type of breathing. How would you incorporate like proper? um, I'm going to play devil's advocate as you go about it. So yeah, totally. how would you be like, hey, Max, make sure you're breathing through your nose? Or how would you start to implement my breathing, given that I've never heard of this before?
1: Yeah, totally. So one of the biggest things I would do is check your mechanics, right? So that's funny. We were talking about this because I just had a semi-pro soccer guy come in on Friday and literally like all we did Was have him on his back and on his stomach and working on specific breathing patterns. So, you know, using the nose, using the mouth, and then being able to hyperoxygenate or, you know, do the complete opposite. Those are all things that we would do almost, you know, at the end once we take care of our mechanics. Because if we're not breathing the out of the right areas to begin with. You know, it's just like, it's just like going into a training session, right? It's like, if we're not warmed up, if our joints aren't moving to their potential, and then we want to go squat or hinge or do whatever we want to do, we are taking for granted that things are actually in an optimal place to get the optimal work done. You know what I'm saying? So with breathing, what the first thing I would do is I would get you on your back and I would have you with your knees bent. I would see, and and just kind of seeing, right? Having you take about four or five deep breaths, I would just see how you breathe just like how we take people through a movement assessment. I just want to see how you do this already without any cueing, like what's natural for you, because chances are, whatever's natural for you, that's what you're probably doing, you know, in your day-to-day life when you're training and et cetera. Um, But at that point, a lot of people have a tendency, right, to use their upper thorax or their upper chest to breathe. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like we want to, like, obviously our lungs are used for breathing. Like we want to use our chest to breathe. But one of the biggest things is it's almost like a a sequence. We want to be able to kind of sequence our basement first, what I would kind of call our basement. So I'm thinking like my pelvic floor. So I'm thinking like my belly. I'm thinking like my lower back. And then I'm thinking like my rib cage and then I'm thinking my chest and then I'm thinking, you know, shoulders, both anterior and posterior portion of our shoulders. And then I'm thinking up into our neck. So it's like, I know that was kind of like a lot of little checkpoints, but I would slowly get the individual to see if they could. So after they breathe, okay, they're using their chest. Okay. So now I'm actually going to cue you. How about we try breathing through your belly first? okay, cool. I can see that he can at least move the diaphragm. I can see that you can at least, you know, connect with your mind to that area of your body. That's awesome. Cause that in itself is already really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you couldn't do something like that, uh, using stuff like, a, a, a so right. Have you ever heard of a so right before? Yeah, I just
0: got one, but, uh, maybe you, explain it.
1: So rights are basically like a, it's a tool that basically kind of it, it, the way that it's shaped it, it allows you to kind of position it in different portions of your stomach and your diaphragm and pelvic floor yeah. and it just gives you some feedback. It's almost just like if I put my hand, you know, on your belly and said, "Hey, push into my hand with your belly." It's like it just, a, it's like a pointy
0: foam roller, yeah?
1: Yes, huh. a very very pointy foam roller, exactly. <laughs> and it's it, to be honest, it's very intimidating yeah, <laughs> looking it, at it. yeah <laughs> Until you actually try it and you're like, okay, it's it's not as bad as I thought, but it's still a really interesting feeling. Because, again, like that whole area down there in our stomach, a lot of people, they don't realize that our diaphragm is literally our breathing muscle. So it's just like if we said, ah, you know what, like I know my chest muscles are right here, but eh, I'm not really going to use it. So then what's going to happen over time is that like that muscle is eventually just going to die out and atrophy. And so then you want to press or you want to do something with your chest, your body's like, uh, no, I don't know how to do that. Mm. And so it's like, imagine, right? Like you have a breathing muscle, you're not even utilizing, you know, you're usually utilizing maybe 5% of it. That other 95% of potential breath and oxygen and life to your body is now just hindered. So I'm kind of going on a tangent, but again, we're getting with the belly, right? So as long as I can get the belly to, to, to breathe, cool. We got checkpoint number one. Then I'm gonna go into the lower back, right? An area for a lot of people that's very tight, right? Very sensitive. We in, in today's world, maybe 90% of my clients that I, I see but from a private training standpoint have issues with lower back. And that's what we're working like to get or to almost mitigate. Yeah. So and a lot of times when it's painful like that, right that your body, your nervous system does not want to bring breath and activity to an area that it is almost protecting and bracing, right? So then, now the breath becomes even more important. It's almost like the chicken and the egg. Are the tissues, are the muscles in our lower back the ones that are actually hurting us? Or is it our nervous system that hasn't been able to be communicated through through breath? Is it our nervous system that's actually hindering us there? So, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a interesting play there but again if i can get like two tennis balls i'll put them in the lower back area and i'll kind of just have them from a mental standpoint try to connect that portion of your muscle that portion of your body and try to expand it and bring life into where the balls are touching you and again it's just feedback it's the best way to do it for people because if you've never had to move an area and i'm saying move it your body's like uh i don't know what the hell you're talking about dude so you gotta like you gotta kind of meet the body where it's at you know what I mean? So totally. we're going to put some some pressure there. So they got the belly. They got the lower back. And which, by the way, this might take like a session, but this could easily take like a week. You know what I mean? So it could take a while just depending on how far in the individual is. So once we got our basement, then for the most part, everything else above that. The human body, for the, at least the majority of clients that are coming in, are pretty much used to the thoracic or their upper body breathing and being their main source of, of, of breathing muscle. So, once we feel like we've gotten the bottom, and once I feel like their top portion of their body is, is understanding the breathing mechanics, then what we're going to have them do is slowly start to just like a movement pod, pattern, just like a new skill, we have to learn how to build that, that coordination and skill of breathing with our lower body. And then up to our upper body. And then, which is something that, again, could take even longer, is how are we even exhaling, right? Because the inhale is important. The inhale, being able to capture our potential, and capture oxygen through the system is super important. But what's more important is actual. and I, I know you probably read this in the, in the oxygen advantage, is the carbon dioxide, right? Is the ratio of oxygen, oxygen to carbon dioxide, which the exhale how you're exhaling has a big deal to do with. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and again, it's just like the whole muscle thing, like the diaphragm. It's like, cool. We could use the the, the diaphragm, the breathing muscle to inhale, but then we're not exhaling and using the other range of motion. And that's, what, just and that's what
0: that blew my mind was the the whole, like the oxygen part I understood, but it was how much other than oxygen this whole breathing thing has to do with. And maybe we should have been more clear about that to start, but like, the CO2 to oxygen ratio. And that like, if you're breathing through your mouth, you're oftentimes releasing way too much CO2. So it's not necessarily that you're not getting enough oxygen, but it's that you're releasing too much CO2. And then if your balance is all off, your body just shuts down. And for me being like, breathing through my mouth, even through my sleep. It it affects my ability to get a good night's rest and fall into a parasympathetic nervous. Is that right? And it it affects that. It affects, like you said, the mood, the the, the way you want to eat, the the way your muscles launch off. I love that you said, and it's a way I've never thought of it, like my lower back, I'm one of the 90% that the lower back is something I've had issues with. And is it the muscles that are tight or is it the respiratory or the nervous system that's not firing right? and, and this kind of goes into the fascia stuff that you're into, right? Because I remember fascia is another one of those things for people that it's almost like spaghetti strands within the muscles that connect everything. And for me at a young age with the cramping, going back to that, I, I was just trying to find the solution. So I was like a guinea pig on myself. So I was like, Oh, okay. It must be my fascia tissue. And my calves are, are, are fucked up. So I'd go to this really, you know, quaint little fascia specialist who she was like, yeah, no one really knows about this, but she would talk about that and she would just dig into my muscles and it'd be hurting so bad, but she would be like, breathe, send oxygen in there, send oxygen and like yeah. try to expand, expand your spaghetti strands. Like there's so many aspects of what you do, man, that are so important and that they're
1: so not talked about. Yep. hundred percent. And you know, it's, it's funny you say that, man. I'm, obviously I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, kind of toot my own horn here, but there's a physical therapist that uh, works at on it, right? He kind of comes on in. Um, in the mornings, Monday through Friday, and basically works with every single one of our combine athletes, uh, our pro day athletes. Um, and he came up to me the other day, this was actually this past week. And he was like, Hey man, you know, I, I thought about, I was, I was trying to compartmentalize like what you do, right. I was trying to make like sense and explain to somebody like what you're doing. Right. Um, and he's like, I kind of came to the conclusion that you're not really like the mobility guy right? You're not really the guy who's only doing the mobility stuff, although that is important. It's not the only thing that I'm doing, right? He's like, you're not, you're not just like the breathing guy, right? That just kind of helps like optimize like their breathing before and after the workouts to help them shift from sympathetic to parasympathetic and back and forth. You know, you're not just the guy who brings like the little sound crystal and does like sound, you know, what people would consider sound healing, you know, during their breathing session to help with them, but you're exposing these athletes to methods and 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 techniques and principles that they probably will never, ever, ever be exposed to and definitely have never been exposed to in the past,
0: Yeah, right?
1: right. And so that in itself, right? Like something simple is like, you know, blue blocker glasses. You know what the blue blocker glasses, right? You can yes. kind of work them at night. They block out the blue light. They help you produce you know, in theory, they help you produce more melatonin, more dopamine to help you fall into a deeper sleep. And something, something as simple as like that, man, I mean, that's just, you know, when you're living this lifestyle of of total human optimization, right, the, the whole slogan that on it kind of stands for, it's like, uh, you, you don't realize that, you know, everything from the food that I'm putting in my body to my nighttime routine, to my morning routine, to just like you said, how you're going to yoga and you're focusing on your breath to, Hey, I'm going to do my 30 minute mobility session before a workout. And I'm going to do my 30 minute decompressing session before workout. So I can make sure I'm optimizing everything that I'm doing. It's like, that's, that's priceless, man. I feel like that's something that, you know, these athletes and not only the athletes I get to work with, even the people I get to, you know, hopefully speak to on social media, these are hopefully things that people have never been exposed to, never been told before. And hopefully they can kind of start to kind of connect the dots and make small changes in their life. Because even if you see all these things, right, you're listening to this podcast, you're like, damn, this guy's got, talking about the mobility, he's talking about all this, like, all these things are way over my head. Yeah, All they could do was just, you know what? He talked about breathing through the nose. I'm just going to try to breathe through my nose for like an hour today. And just seeing how that something that small can make such a huge change in your life is priceless. And I think that's kind of like without even realizing it is what I'm kind of been slowly trying to do with the people that I come across. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I know just like you in my past, being an athlete, Balls to the wall, 24-7. I'm in the, you know, I'm on the court, you know, at, t- at the age of 11 years old with a private trainer, you know, all the way up until my senior year of high school. Like, I'm nonstop. I'm not thinking about stretching beforehand. I'm not thinking about what I'm eating. I'm not thinking about how I'm breathing. I'm not thinking about all these ins and outs and, and the, the the importance of sleep. I'm not thinking about all these things. I'm thinking about I need to work harder on the court. Right. And I think that that's something that people can probably resonate with, whether you're a basketball player, whether you're an athlete or not. We are told in this society to keep going harder, right, to keep pushing that us for us to be resilient is isn't necessarily um, isn't necessarily building a buffer zone around you. Right. With your with your day to day activities. But it's being hey, just go harder. Like when something burns and something hurts and something doesn't feel right, or you're tired because you only got four hours of sleep, you got to go harder. We have to be resilient. And as a matter of fact, I kind of think it's quite the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I love it, man. It's uh, it's like t- you embody almost, that's why it's hard to almost approach this kind of conversation because I could unpack each of the little things that you do and we could talk and I can nerd out on this. We could talk about it for two hours just alone, so I like that you just embodied everything you kind of stand for in one. It's it's similar it's like right up the alley with what I'm doing, man. It's like a holistic approach. It's treating, you know, no not just grind, grind, grind. It's not just one approach. There's so many little, tiny, little things we could do. It's what I love about on it and it's what I'm trying to embody with my brand, is there's there's just so much ways we could go about it. And all this information, like you said, just isn't reachable. And it's and it's part of my mission is try to make unconventional Ways of bettering yourself more common and, and trying to bridge that gap between like when I was young and I had to be like an investigator on my own body, and that's why I'm so you know passionate about the space is like through injury and pain that I had to find people like a fascia specialist and and this and that and acupuncture and whatever it may be and and trying to bridge that gap into more common practice and I think it's it's so sick that you're doing that and you're doing it in such a good way with such a great company and on such a good scale.
1: Yeah, Well, I appreciate that, Max. I mean, even for someone like yourself, like, it's easy. It might be a little bit easier for me, right? Like, I'm surrounded at it. You know, I'm surrounded by so many people who are, you know, on the front line of really kind of seeing, like, what are some things that we can be doing to optimize the way that we're living our lives? But, you know, for someone like yourself, I'm sure you keep a, a very tight circle, right? And I'm sure you keep a community Uh, around you right of people who are embodying the same things that we're talking about right now but like you said when you're on your own right when you're not connected to some type of entity that is pushing you in a positive direction it could get big it can get almost like um it could get almost you know nerve-wracking at some points to feel like well what do i believe you know when i'm looking up online and i'm seeing all these different things and this one's saying do this and this guy's saying to eat this and He's saying keto. He's saying paleo. Like, what the hell do I do? I mean, I mean, there's so much stuff out there. So, you know, I just applaud you, brother, for just taking the initiative to kind of search out, well, who's doing what and how can I, you know, and how can I learn from them? How can I pick their brain? How can I kind of help, again, the community of people that we are able to reach through social media and through, you know, things like this podcast and kind of spread this, this positive message, man.
0: Well, I appreciate that, man. And it is hard, man. Like I, I envy the Onnit community and how you have that circle of people moving in the similar direction. Cause that is a big, you know, challenge is looking around and I do have my tight circle, but not having maybe enough of that people moving in that same direction, but I'm, I'm grateful to be able to connect with people like you virtually and, and, you know, distance, you know, we still get to sit down and have a sick conversation. So, um, But yeah, man, it's like the more people you talk to and the more you dive into this and the more research you do, it's like everybody has their own spin of things. Like you said about the breath work with like with the Wim Hof is one way and then there's so many other ways, but you kind of see the common threads. And I just hope that people, you know, through their own self-education and there's like, like you said, just starting small, starting with breathing through the nose as more information keeps coming in and, and just by like law of averages, you get to see the common threads and the common truths. And you kind of start moving in that positive direction. You don't have to apply everything you learn. And this whole conversation, like you said, might be a little high end for some people if they've never heard any of this before, but it moves them in the right direction. And that's kind of like the goal and the mission with anything we're doing. But I would love to talk for one second on it, man. Like, so for people that don't know, it's a supplement company that you guys are doing amazing things for you. You just talked, touched it on a little bit. What's been the importance, man, of like, because it's something I'm like craving right now. It's like,
1: yeah.
0: What's been the importance of this kind of mass movement and, and this body of people moving in such a positive direction? Like you guys literally are some of the most unique little tribe of humans in the world. Like there's yeah. n- there's nothing like on it, and it's truly incredible. Like, but you've been there for a few years now. So yeah. talk to yeah. me about that, man. Is it is it normal for you now? Or are you still like looking back and, and thinking, like, holy shit, I'm at on it and like with these amazing people? Like what's, what's it like being surrounded by such like-minded people doing things that from the outside looking in is very unconventional. But when you're in the inside, it's like, we're the, we're the truth seekers. We're the truth finders. Like, what's that totally. like, man?
1: Totally, man. Well, so just to kind of give a quick, quick backstory, I had no clue what on it was uh, <laughs> before. Yeah. But like, so let's like I was a senior in college. And so I mentioned John Wolf, who's a chief fitness officer over here at on it. He's from my hometown in Salinas. Um, my mom was his second client ever at a uh, Gold's gym when he first started out becoming a trainer. Wow. Uh, so we kind of go, yeah, like way, way back. Um, Synchronicity but, right there. For real, man. Like it's just so crazy the way the world works out like that, man. Um, but I was a senior in college and my mom had sent me like a t-shirt and it was like, you know, with the chimp on it. And it's like on it, you know, on a gym. And then she sent me like a couple like alpha brains and, that was like the extent to which I knew on it and then I was you know in school to become a physical therapist at least that was my goal in my undergrad and then completely last second as I'm applying to grad schools my mom just kind of mentioned hey why don't you like try and go check out what that spot on it is in Austin you know John's already out there he said you can come out there and kind of intern for like a week just check it out and at that point man I didn't really know what I was getting myself into but now as I'm you know four years into on it, you know, now that I've been surrounded by you know all the all the amazing people, you know, and, and not only the people who work there, but the but the community of people that they're able to bring in and attract,
0: yeah,
1: dude, it's 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 seriously mind-blowing, man. Like I remember talking to somebody about this the past week. My first month at on it, I had Andre Spina, I had Mike Fitch, Dr. Mark Chang, and I think yeah, it was those three those three gentlemen had come in my first like month of working at on it and taught like some seminars and education there. And my mind dude was blown. So I'm talking about, you know, learning FRC, I'm talking about, you know, learning animal flow, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, Dr. Mark Chang kind of has a a, a approach of rehab and prehab, you know, how we, how we can tie in rehab prehab into our training. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, it just, like I'm talking, I'm sitting there, you know, I'm fresh out of school, you know, I'm still reading my motor control and skill learning book. Right. Which still has a lot of merit. Like I don't want to take away from that. Um, but yeah, having a foundation of all that from school and the feeling I had so much knowledge in my head to then go and learn all that, dude, it was like four years of a university like teaching and learnings in like two weekends. Wow. And it just, dude, it was just, and it, and, the, and it snowballed like that. And it's been snowballing like that. So it's just, it's just been amazing, man. Like I guess the toughest part, honestly, cause you know, it, it's easy to be surrounded and to hear amazing knowledge and amazing techniques and amazing methods that will help people take their lives to the next level. Right. Yeah. But it's a whole nother thing to then, you know, okay, where does all this information fit in the big scale of things? Right. Because, would I love to teach, you know, uh, you know, my professional basketball guys, animal flow hundred percent. Would I love to have them on the ground crawling, you know, and doing these primal movement patterns a hundred percent, but it's got to make sense right at the, at when it, when it's the right time and when it's the right place and where it fits in the program has got to be the most important thing. So that has kind of been like the, the puzzle of, of all this knowledge and information at on it. It's like, Okay all this knowledge and information is great, right? We can give it to somebody to apply it any second and it's going to make them a better individual. But me wanting to kind of get the most out of every little thing that I've been taught and therefore pass out or pass over to, you know, to my clients is how do I, how does this fit into the optimization of a human being and when does it make the most sense? Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's kind of just been, you know, the, 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 I'm not going to say that the struggle, right. Cause I'm blessed. It's not a struggle, but it's definitely been like the, the thing I've been working for, you know, the last four years and, and just the community, man, like you said, just the community, the, the personalities, um just everybody kind of striving to better themselves. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're, you're a product of your environment, right. When you're surrounded by individuals that are just killing it, they're just waking up every single day, trying to, you know, trying to push the limits at everything that they're doing. It's like, how do you not, how do you see that? And how do you not want to become a part of that? How do you not want to be a part of that story? You know what I mean? And so I guess that's just kind of been, you know, a blessing, you know, again, just from day one. It's just, you surround yourself with individuals who are constantly trying to push the line. And if you're, if you yourself have the personality of not wanting to, you know, just be average or mediocre, like you, you can't, you can't help but want to push the line with it.
0: Yeah. And on it's doing such an awesome job of like documenting the journey. And like you said, it's not just the people within on it that are obviously like some of the most unique people in the world, but it's, it's the community you guys are developing there. That's it's so special. And I like that you said like you guys on it, you know, it's, it's, in my head, from an outside perspective, you know it's huge in the in the combat world. It's huge in the almost businessy human optimization world, but it still hasn't bridged the gap into common knowledge or like you know everyday sports practice. And that's something I'm super excited to see how this like unfolds. It's part of what I'm doing is trying to bridge that gap between like you know the human optimization things that we know will help your life, and then making it you know applicable to athletes and everyday people. Um, because there's just so much knowledge out there that's almost like quote unquote alternative approaches, but in my head and in your head, I'm sure after you experience these kind of things, you just wish that people, um, were applying these things. And so I guess my question is, where do you see, where's your North star with this? And I'm going to challenge you to put it in the basketball perspective. Cause I know that's where your heart's at. Yeah. Where, where would you see, like, it is hard to incorporate things like animal flow or whatever it may be, breath work, things like that where would you love to see this go? Like, like throw out, um, reasonableness. Like what is ideal with this? Like where would you love to see yeah. NBA professional athletes, you know, applying this kind of work? Because I think it's super important on it's done an epic job of like setting the foundation. So what's next?
1: Yeah, man. To, to be honest, poof.
0: and it's not like, you know, this isn't something that's going to happen fast, but like for me, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can see it, man. I can see yeah. it. Like, where, you know, things start off as, like, uh you know, like a subculture or very cult-like almost. Like, on it has that, like, cult-like vibe because in a great way, though. Like, it's it's right. so new. It's so fresh. So people get so excited and so passionate. And then it's slowly, like, oh, okay, like a guy like LeBron is going to adopt it and he's doing some whack shit, people think. And then within five years, it's like, oh, that weird thing LeBron was doing, now the whole NBA is doing, and now it's become a common practice. And that's kind of yep. how I see it going. So where yeah. do you see the implementation
1: coming in? Yeah, you, to be honest, man, I think that the biggest or the easiest vehicle to kind of help, you know, see some of this kind of change start to happen, you know, with NBA or even collegiate or any type of basketball players like that, I think the easiest vehicle to kind of get in the door with is the movement aspect, man, yeah. you know, and at least that's what I've kind of realized, at least in the past with my football guys and You know, talking with like the football agents and, you know, even working with like, uh, you know, the UT women's basketball and men's basketball team and being able to consult with the with the head strength conditioning coaches, I think they understand just because the strength and conditioning community, right, the community that basically oversees what these guys are doing from a physical preparation standpoint, mm. they understand, you know, the breath and the nutrition and the sleep. Like, eh, yeah, I'm sure they can hamper on it. I'm sure they understand some of it. But it's not something that they're going to be like, oh, my goodness, he's talking about breath. This is something I've been wanting to you know, work on. I think the movement aspect is going to be the easiest thing to slowly help them start to adapt. So it's like mm. – the easiest thing is like, Hey guys, like our ups have always been, you know, X, Y, and Z, our toe touches, our skips, our this, this, and that. And again, like I kind of mentioned earlier, we are taking for granted that each individual joint is able to move through its prerequisite range of motion to give you an actual squat, to give you an actual hinge. So why don't we take an extra 10 or 15 minutes beforehand to work through these certain mobility drills that will help the hip work more like a hip so that the knees don't hurt anymore. Why don't we take a couple extra seconds to do this ankle drill that looks really funny, but is going to challenge the individual to then feed into his performance on the court. You know what I'm saying? So I think that the mobility stuff is probably going to be the the easiest vehicle and it's going to be the first thing to kind of maybe have some headway or segue to kind of help get in. Yeah. But then once that once that kind of gets in through the door, then if we can start to adapt that post-workout, hey, let's do these stretching drills after the workout because we don't want them to still be their, – their muscles and their joints to still be in a high-strung state. That's not going to be good for them, right? So let's help them and then let that feed into, well, hey, since we're already doing this to help them decompress, if we're only decompressing the physical body – and we're not decompressing their nervous system, then we're only doing half the battle. So why don't we start to incorporate some of this like box breathing that we can kind of help them shift into parasympathetic. And I can almost guarantee you, brother, from my past, what I've seen working with athletes, using that simple breathing mechanics at the end to help them decompress what people would call box breathing, that in itself, like Uh, dude, I can't even, I can't even tell you. I got so many stories from kids who just couldn't pay attention the whole time we were doing our mobility drills. But then once we did our breathing, they would come up to me and we're all eyes and all ears about what do we just do? I feel amazing. I want to feel more of this. How do I feel more of this? How can we do more of this on the, you know, like how, like, how can you come to my school? What do I do on my own? Can I do this on like, then the ball kind of gets rolling because I think at the end of the day, right, like we're sitting here, we're talking about all these great things, right? And then people, I'm sure there's some people listening or will be listening and will be thinking, gosh, this sounds great. Like I would love to do this, but then they're going to forget, you know, within their next couple of days or a week or so. But if you, we can allow somebody to feel something, if I can get you, you know, on your back and I can just have you breathe for like a minute with me in my specific style, the way I want you to. You can't disregard that feeling, right? So then at that point, once you feel that difference, once you feel better, it's almost on you from a personal responsibility standpoint is okay, do I want to just continue to neglect this? Even though I know it makes me feel better and it's something I know I need, do I want to continue to neglect this and kind of just put this away? Or am I going to kind of take the higher road and take a little bit more in tech or, you know, and, and, take a little bit more personal responsibility and you know what, I'm going to box breathe, you know, once every night before I go to bed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that's kind of how the ball rolls, brother. I think it goes from the movement and then I think it leads into the breathing. And then I think at that point, man, I think people just become all eyes and ears at yeah, that
0: point. And that is the floodgates are open. I like that. You're almost like leading with the most literal, most actionable, most like tangible, scientific piece of thing you can help. Like, hey, this is going to help you perform. It's going to help you recover. It's going to prevent injury. Through that, you get your foot in the door and you try to expose them to more things. And I like that you said that because it's like once you are exposed to these ideas and you see firsthand how much they help, it's like it's not something you can unsee or forget about. It's like you can forget about it on a logical level. But once you apply that breathing method or this certain type of stretch or this certain type of movement and you feel how good you're supposed to feel. I love the quote, Our bo- like most people don't know how good their bodies are designed to feel. And once you can kind of feel that firsthand, you can't really unsee it. You know, ignorance isn't bliss in that sense. So I love that, man. And And real quick, before I ask yeah. you your last question, what is box breathing? Can you give me like a synopsis, I know we can't be there with you, but for the people who aren't in Texas and can't come by on it, how can we apply box breathing? Because you just made it seem like that's something we can implement right away.
1: Yeah, man, no, definitely. Um, So box breathing is damn near, if we can kind of picture a box, right? Like an outline of a box, right? So you know what? I say box breathing, but very seldom or very rarely do I actually use box breathing. So if we're thinking shapes, right? instead of a box let's think of a rectangle now yeah. right so a rectangle the ver- the uh the portions that are sitting on the top and the bottom are a little bit longer than the vertical regions of a rectangle right so if i'm thinking of getting of the outline of a rectangle the top portion starting at the top left corner and then riding along horizontally to the top right corner that's going to be my 4 second inhale right and i'll be using my nose through this whole sequence so i'm going to take a slow 4 second inhale And then from that top right corner, I'm going to move down towards the bottom right corner of that rectangle. And that's that's going to be a little bit shorter. So that's going to be our holding of the breath. So that's going to be a two-second holding of the breath. So again, if I'm tracing the rectangle, I have a four-second inhale at the top. I'll have a two-second holding of the breath. And then as I go to the bottom left corner now, I'm going to have a four-second exhale. Mm to finish the rectangle of the, or to finish the the rectangle I'm going to come up for a 2 second holding of the breath again and I'll continue to basically outline that rectangle I'll go 4 seconds inhale 2 second hold 4 second exhale 2 second hold and I'll basically just pattern that consistently and over time you know as I'm kind of taking my guys through it you know I'm I'm cadencing the whole time With like snaps. I'm snapping my finger, right? So that they know the rhythm and the tempo of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the exhales over time, if I want them to become more parasympathetic, which is way more relaxed and more, more chill, then I'm going to slow that four second snap over time. And so over time, you're basically realize that like really your four second exhale, if we had to be technical, if the technical guys listening to this and like, oh, well, then if we're slowing it down, is it really four seconds? It's really kind of going to like a six or seven second exhale. And so that's kind of the premise of it is, hey, let's use our nose to breathe. Let's pick up this tempo. But more importantly, let's worry about slowing our exhales.
0: I love that. And I love the format because almost giving yourself like that that framework to breathe and to count that breath. If you're trying to like apply just any type of breathing practice, whether it's meditation or just slowing your breath down after a workout, it's such a good framework to keep you focused. I think a lot of people can kind of get lost and okay, I'm breathing, I'm breathing now. And so that kind of helps put some guidelines on it. So I love it. But man, Christian, you have given us so much digest. I hope people take like two, two, three listens to this or something because there's so much information on this. I could talk to you for hours and unpack so many different things, man. Um, I'm just stoked you're doing the work you're doing. I'm so stoked that I've found someone that's so similar in the, in terms of the body and, and breath work movement and, and just all the directions you're going. I, I totally connect with what you're doing, man. Let these people know where they can find you. I know you have uh, some free resources out that are super sick yeah. that I encourage people to check out. And then, um, yeah, let us know where we can find you.
1: Yeah, definitely. So on, on Instagram, you can find me and I'm sure you'll probably have like a little link that they could also kind of see because sure. my name's For a little sure. weird, but, uh, my, my actual name on Instagram is Christian without an H and then it's underscore the durable athlete. Um, but then on, you know, on, on Facebook, you can find me Christian Placencia. And again, I won't even try to, try to do <laughs>
0: I'll tag it up.
1: <laughs> That's you. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, so right now too, and, and I'll make sure to send this link over to you too. I don't know if you can maybe put it like in the, uh, like in the write up or like the bio. Absolutely. Like I'll put it yep. in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. So, I came out with just like some some free resources, kind of like you said. Like, there's so much stuff to unpack. It's like, where the heck would I even start? Like, mobility, breathing, like, what the heck? Like, this just seems like a lot. So, what I did is I basically typed up this free PDF. I came up, you know, just the five simple things that you can add to your pre-existing workout routine. So it's like, okay, how am I doing going through my warm up? How am I decompressing? How am I doing some breathing? So it's just a lot of low-hanging fruit for people. You know, I get it. I'm not trying to switch people's programs, you know, 180 right away, mm-hmm. right? Let, let's, like, baby step into this. So with that link, all, they, all the peop- all, uh, people, all they have to do is just simply click the link. They'll put their email in, it. then they'll get the free PDF. And then from there, you know, if you're more of a person that's, okay, I, I like the reading. I like to see it. I like to understand and digest that way. But I really like to learn hands-on and seeing something actually happen um, in that PDF, they then have the option to click. And for seven days, you'll get access to my uh, training app via Playbook. So basically, there's a whole program there that uh, basically has videos to each one of those five sections on the free PDF. Kind of showing you, OK, what does a spinal warm up look like? What does a joint by joint mobility look like? What does activation look like? What does, you know, decompression look like and what is breathing like? after a workout look like and it's got all that for free and again it's free for seven days and all you got to do is just simply put your email in so i hope people find some value in that you know i've been getting a lot of feedback from it people are loving it so far um so yeah I, and of course i'm going to continue to do this as well with just more and more information so the more feedback i can get from people about what you guys would like to see i mean i'm game for it
0: i checked it out man right before this talk and it's an incredible resource and i definitely encourage people to check it out i'm going to put it in the show notes i'll put it in the outro show to and and link to it on my Instagram because like dude free seven days and like having access to this kind of information even if we do nothing other than you know this seven days you you just open the the knowledge of the the wealth of knowledge that you have and just add to your skill set add to your toolbox like you said in the past like just taking those things and applying them and you've done a great job of making it easy for us man Christian thank you for hopping on with me man is there anything I've left out that you want to add in?
1: Man, I don't think so, brother. Honestly, other than just thank you so much for giving me the platform, man, to be able to kind of preach, you know, and talk about what I'm what I'm so passionate about. And and obviously, if there's any, I know we didn't really get to dive into a lot of things, like you said, because there's just so much to unpack. So if you ever want to kind of get back on this again, or if there's people who are leaving feedback and wanting to hear more about something specifically, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm game to get back on here again, because... I love the energy that you have to provide. And again, I just love the the message. I resonate with the message that you're trying to spread.
0: I love that, man. I think that's a super good idea. Maybe next time we can go like specific one per one and and we could have multiple episodes. That's a good idea. So thanks for hopping on, Christian.
1: Hell yeah, brother. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, my guy.
0: That does it for that episode. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you again to Christian for hopping on. Um, As mentioned at the end of the episode, I will link to his free workout guide. It's kind of like a movement guide and how we can optimize our existing workouts. It's super useful, man. I'm going to be using this. It's free information from a a really epic specialist. So take advantage of these free resources. Christian was nice enough to offer his audience and us, um, you know, some free access. So take advantage of that thank you guys again for listening please leave me a review if you haven't already or just hit me up on instagram leave me your feedback like that shit is what i love is when you guys give me some feedback it means the world to me Uh, i appreciate you guys going on this journey with me i'm excited i got some epic 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 conversations coming um it's only getting better every time and uh i'm just having a lot of fun so thank you guys for listening and supporting me as I take on this fun journey. All right, until next time, I'll see you guys later.